The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we're working hard, hard, hard to make sure you get the information and inspiration that you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And today, we are going to talk about something that most of you folks have never even considered. It has never crossed your radar, and yet it's something that maybe want to put a little effort into learning about because it's awesome and it will put together deals for you that you cannot put together any other way. The topic today is exchanging, not 1031 exchanges. I know what you guys are thinking. Oh God, there's going to be a little attorney on here and he's going to talk about all the rules in 45 days and 180 days and I don't have anything to 1031 exchange anyway. So I'm going to turn the dial. Nope, don't turn the dial. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about exchanging stuff that you do have like time and skills and stuff like that for deals and parts of other people's deals and all kinds of cool stuff. So now that I've whet your appetite for that, got to do some quick housekeeping and say that at tomorrow night's Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati meeting, which is online, no excuses, everybody can be there, assuming you have a computer, you can be there is my favorite meeting of the entire year. And that is what we call our million dollar panel. It is a group of folks who have made at least a million dollars in real estate in a variety of strategies, ranging from single family homes to apartments to rehabbing and Airbnbs. And just like these guys have a lot of experience in a lot of fields And they're going to sit up there and brag for an hour and a half about how they did it. No, they're not. That would be a stupid meeting. Nobody wants to hear that meeting. They're going to be asked the question, if you lost everything today, except your knowledge, you have no properties, you have no money, you have no connections, you have no contracts, no marketing, no title, you got nothing except what you have learned. How would you make another million dollars in the next two years? So the upside is... You're free of any entanglements that you have that you wish you didn't have. And the downside is you got no money. (laughs) It's always a really interesting meeting because you think that they're all going to say the same thing. You think think they're all going to say, well, I'd start with wholesaling. You are wrong about that. You think they're all going to say, well, first I would gather up some cash, then I'd go buy some rentals. Nope, that is not what, they all have different opinions on how they would do it a second time. But within that discussion, there is a lot of advice for you about how to shorten your path from wherever you are to that million dollars. And just a lot of great sort of from the streets, from the trenches wisdom. 
Um, lots of great panelists tomorrow night, one of whom is Pete Fortunato, who was our guest here a few weeks ago. And um, anyway, you should want to come. It's <laughs> tomorrow night, 7.30 for that meeting. At 6 o'clock, we're going to uh, walk through the anatomy of an exchange. So you can join us at any point. You can even join us at 5 o'clock and go to the Zoom rooms and meet people. The way you get your link is go to CincinnatiRIA.com. That's C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-R-E-I-A dot com. Click on the meeting link. It'll guide you through a process of getting a uh, link for the Zoom meeting. And uh, just do that. CincinnatiRIA.com. All right. So my guest today is uh, Andy Teasley, who is familiar to members of Cincinnati RIA and Corey and to a lot of folks out west, but doesn't actually make it to this part of the country very often. He's here, of course, for the Pete Fortunato seminar that Cincinnati RIA is sponsoring this weekend. If you've been living under a rock and or are a first time listener and you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's also at CincinnatiRIA.com. And there are a few seats left if you wanted to grab one of those. Uh, so he's over here on this side of the country for that purpose. And I thought, well, you know, as long as he's here, I'm going to bring him in and let him talk about the thing that he is really good at, which is creating deals with other human beings that are, you know, they fall into the, they fall into the category of creative deals. They, they, it's not maybe creative deals the way you think of them, listeners. It's not always subject to or something like that. Um, he particularly loves his mobile homes out there in Palm Springs, California, where he lives. And he's joining us live in the studio. When was the last time you heard me say that, listeners? Live here in the studio. Andy, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Wow. It's it's nice to be here. Um, first time in Ohio, as far as I know. And uh, uh, looking forward to, to meeting a lot of interesting folks here this weekend. I understand from you that I've been assigned a placard that says, what did Peter say? Yes. So um, those of you that are a little intimidated by uh, my good friend Peter Fortunato, I hope you'll join us this weekend. And if you need some translation, I, I hope I'm not going to be the only one translating from Peter East to English. <laughs> yes, we have we have about five people assigned to that, <laughs> to oh, that's that job. That's <laughs> so, good. Yeah. So, um, Andy, I always like to ask guests in this first segment, um, just, just sort of to, to tell us about your, your, your life leading up to you getting interested in investing in real estate, investing in real estate and what you like to do in real estate. Wow. Okay. Um, oh, and you got 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I was, I was raised by a repressed entrepreneur. My, my dad was in the Air Force when he met my mom. He had already purchased some acreage. He was going to build a miniature golf course in Porterville, California. Uh, married my mom, who said, no, you're going to get a college degree and, and be a professional. So they sold the property in Porterville, uh, bought a 24-foot travel trailer to live in while they went to college at Humboldt State. He graduated and became a elementary school teacher, and that was his career for his entire life. Uh, over half of that career, he was not happy being a school teacher, but figured he had to stay with it until he had earned that golden retirement because that was what he had to do. And, and my mom was a CPA, but she didn't really get started until I was well into the way of high school because she stayed home and raised us, much to her dismay. Um, so he inspired me as an entrepreneur, and I started little businesses when I was six, seven years old, went to work when I was 14 for a, 
a strong old John Bircher who felt it was his job to educate me in the world of economics and, and how that really worked. Uh, first person to point out the fact that ownership is not as important as control, something he tried to beat into my head for many, many years, and, and I don't think I really got it until after he had passed on. Um, took my guru in the early 80s. Um, last I heard, she's out of prison again, uh, which is good news, you know. Uh, learned a good basic education and how to do real estate investing and also went into exchanging. I do a ton of personal property exchanging these days. I do a lot of creative financing on acquisitions, and I do a lot of financing on sales because that's what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And mobile homes is sort of your drug of choice. Lately, uh, I'm in California, and I don't know if you know this, but you, buying a cash-flowing rental house in California is really kind of hard to do right now. That takes real, real hard work and a lot of hard, hard negotiation. Um getting mobile homes that I can polish up and, and fix and and make nice a nice residence for somebody and carry the, the financing so I they can afford to, to get in there because I'm happy to finance them for them. Uh, it's nice service opportunity to me because we're, we're helping somebody get out of a bad situation. Because they're under the gun, it gives us the ability to negotiate creative deals with them. Then we turn around and sell them with financing to somebody who needs a nice place to live, a good qualified person. Um, we finance them. We, we polish them up nice, qualify the people, give them a nice home and, and financing they can afford. And then we do interesting things with the notes because in night, notes are like silly putty, according to my mentor. And you can chop them up. You can do lots of pieces of notes. You can stretch them out long and, and skinny, or you can squish them up into a nice tight ball. Um, just it, it, it does a lot for my creative brain. When we come back, we're going to dive full force into this thing about exchanging and we're not we're not going to get into like all the technicalities of how do you figure out how to balance equities and all of that stuff. We're going to talk about why people should be interested in becoming great exchangers and how people can become great exchangers and we definitely want to hear from listeners who've either never heard of this and have questions, who've heard of it a little bit and are confused or who have experience exchanging that they would like to sell sell why did I say sell? That they would like to tell is what I meant to say. Uh, our number here in the studio is 877-772-9658. going to say it again, 877-772-9658. You can also send your questions via email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Andy Teasley. And we're talking about exchanging. And the the reason for the big sigh was (laughs) Andy and I have been talking all day about how to boil down (laughs) this this topic into something that makes you guys understand why it's so important. I mean, in 42 minutes... You know, (laughs) you're not really going to get the depth of this, but, um, it is such a, it's a, it's a creative, it is a creative deal making 
concept. It's just like subject twos, which also confused you the first time you heard about them. It's just like owner held financing, which also confused you the first time you heard about it. But instead of going to a seller and trying to negotiate something based on what they already have, you are, you can go out and find people to exchange with. Like you, like you just have to find some like-minded people who have stuff that they don't like that well and would like to give you for stuff that you don't like that well. Um, but there's a whole bunch of, of attitude and thought process and stuff around it that is, is what we're going to try to convey to y'all today. Oh, and let me get the phone number and email address out again so that when we say something and you go, what? You can ask us about it. 877-772-9658. The email is askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. And we want the I'm confused questions. We want them, okay? We want the I don't understand why anybody would do this kind of question. So So I'm supposed to be confusing. Yes. So, (laughs) So let's just start with the thing that I most often get, like, you know, when I tell people about exchanging or an exchange I did, they say, why are you going through all of that? Why are you, why are you, why are you giving Andy a property and having him give you a property instead of just doing it the regular way where you sell your house, Andy sells his house, you use the money from your house to go buy Andy's house, and Andy uses the 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 money from his to come buy yours. Like, why would you go through this whole process of exchanging and all the different paperwork and stuff? Well, um, well, let's start with the fact that we have to consider our our biggest partner in every deal that we do, and that, of course, is the Infernal Revenue Service because they're going to take a cut out of everything we do. Our states and municipalities all take a fee. Our real estate agent is going to take a fee for, for marketing and, and putting it on the MLS. And, of course, we're going to have escrow charges, and generally that adds up to it can be up to 40% of your transaction right off the bat. So instead of taking your $200,000 property and exchanging it for somebody else's $200,000 property, you're going to take your $200,000 property, turn it into $110,000, and then go try to buy it. A hundred and ten thousand dollar property, and and for most of us, that's going the wrong direction. We'd rather trade our two hundred thousand dollar property for another two hundred thousand dollar property that just has a situation we like better. Uh, my bet, my favorite example for for why people exchange different things uh, was cur- certainly obvious for those of us in the in the audience that are boomers, because when we were in elementary school, we were allowed to trade our lunches. And nowadays, with the peanut allergies, you're not allowed to do that in school, is what my understanding from my my daughter. But uh, if mom packed you a tuna fish sandwich and and Johnny's mom packed a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, uh, from a a cash value perspective, those two sandwiches are probably worth about the same value. But if mom is trying to get you to learn to like tuna and you really don't like tuna and Johnny just loves tuna, and, and he'd much rather enjoy your tuna while you're enjoying his peanut butter and jelly. You can see why that transaction makes sense, because you, uh, you really don't like tuna, so you'd much rather have peanut butter and jelly, and he'd much rather have tuna than his peanut butter and jelly. By that same structure, I've had 
multi-unit buildings, and, and quite frankly, at this point in my life, uh, you couldn't give me a multi a multi wall a multi tenant business building. I I don't want a common wall house again. I like single family houses, and I like mobile homes, and I like paper. So uh, I would happily trade if I somehow came to be an owner of a sixplex that was worth three hundred thousand dollars. I would be much happier trading my three hundred thousand dollars sixplex for your two hundred thousand dollar single family residence because I know how much work it is to make, to make that sixplex work compared to the amount of work it takes to make a single family house work. And I want to come back to that exact example you just used. After we wrap up the previous question about why bother to, to swap them instead of selling, because the thing you implied but did not actually say is that if I just trade you my $200,000 house for your $200,000 house, there's no tax on that. Right, because there's no sale. We yeah. just change our basis. And then you, you said you didn't want to get into all the minutia of a 1031 exchange. Uh, I really prefer a simple exchange where the two of you sit down at the attorney's office and I sign the deed to my house and hand it to you and you sign the deed to your house and hand it to me and the transaction's done. If we want to buy some title insurance, we can certainly buy title insurance on the deal, but that's optional. Uh, in the meantime, there hasn't been a sale. There's not a taxable situation. Um, I've just moved my basis. That's the cost that I get to uh, write off my taxes, and, and that matters when I die and, and when that estate's tax hits. Uh, that just moves from my property to yours. And this is not... Because we're being sneaky, this is because the IRS says so. Oh, it's a tenth. Before, <laughs> um, it, I don't I'm trying to stay out of the weeds, but in the seventies, a gentleman named Starker sued the IRS and said, "I should be able to sell my house, have somebody else hold my sack of money, and then go shopping to buy something I like better." And they modified the ten thirty one exchange to what we have now with the crazy forty five days to identify and one hundred and eighty days to close. And so nowadays, what people think of as an exchange really is a sale and a purchase. And traditionally, from the 20s, when the 1031 section was written, up until the 70s, an exchange was, I'm 85 years old. I've been running this mobile home park since I was 50. I'm tired of paying, playing Jerry Springer. Uh, and I meet a 45-year-old guy who somehow got a triple net lease under a major drugstore chain building. And every month he gets a wire into his checking account and he doesn't have to think about anything because triple net means they pay all the expenses. Can you see how that 85-year-old man might envy the 45-year-old man's position? And the 45-year-old man looks at that mobile home park that the 85-year-old guy who's burnt out, being Jerry Springer, he's not managing it well. He's got vacant lots. He's got houses that should be fixed and occupied. And... They both like the other person better. It's like peanut butter and tuna fish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we know that one of the purposes of exchanging is to avoid both the taxes on having to sell my house and go find your house that I like better, and also to avoid a lot of costs that come with selling, selling a property. And we've used the tuna fish and peanut butter and jelly example, 
And then you gave an example, and I and I completely believe you on this, that if um, a distant uncle that you didn't even know about died and mysteriously left you a six family, you would immediately be try, trying to sell or trying to trade that $300,000 six family for somebody's $200,000 mobile home. Like you would totally do that. And I think that's where people get confused because we're not talking about peanut butter and jelly for tuna anymore. We're talking about $300,000. And $200,000. And now everybody's going, this, this dude's crazy. Why has Vina got him on the show? He's crazy. He, he had $300,000 worth of value that he traded for $200,000 worth of value. What's the thought process behind that? Well, but you see, you're putting dollar values on this situation. And, and we just have to, just for the example, um, I know that the amount of effort it takes to run a six-unit building is substantially more than the amount of effort it takes to run a single-family house. And I, I would say... $200,000 single-family house rather than $200,000 mobile home, obviously. But uh, so I'm in my 60s now. I'm, I'm the, the hair is gray. I really don't like dealing with tenants. I know that if I have a good single-family residence in the, in the middle third of the, the value of houses in the city, that I'm going to be able to put a good family in there, and they will stay a very long time. My average tenancy is over eight years. Uh, I've got people that have been in my rental houses for 15 and 20 years. I have friends that, that do single families exclusively, and they have multi-generational tenants. Um, you don't get that in a sixplex. you got tenants that are there temporary. People that live in a house want one thing and one thing only. They want privacy. Leave them alone. They'll take good care of your house. People in a, in a multi-unit house want service. When... The toilet stops running. They want to pick up the phone and call somebody. And, and with my single-family houses, when the toilet stops running, they want to go to the hardware store and buy the parts and fix it because they don't want me in their house if they can avoid it. So what I hear you saying is that you're not looking at the dollars so much as you are looking at how happy is Andy when all of this is over. Well, you know, there are there are... There's one asset that every person in the planet has. We all have exactly the same amount of it. We get a new issue at 12.01 a.m. every day, and that's called 24 hours in that day. And it's up to us how we're going to spend that 24 hours and if we're going to do something we enjoy or if we're going to do something we we dread. Seeing, seeing my father hating going to work every day, but had to because he had to stick there for that retirement, um, that, that taught me a good lesson, and I think it's a lesson a lot of people don't appreciate. I enjoy what I do. I, I work when I want to work. Some, t- some days I work 18 hours a day. Some days I work two. Some days I don't even bother. I just sit home with a good cigar, and, and I read a good book. So uh, that's called freedom, and that's much more important to me to have time freedom than to have money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. The example of the $300,000 multifamily versus the $200,000 single family, we made that super simple. I'm just going to, you know, we're just going to switch properties. And yeah, you got a property that's worth more, but I don't care because I got a property I like better. That's not always the way exchanges go. Sometimes it's, um, look, I got a $300,000 multifamily. We both know that it's worth more. It's got higher cash flow. What you have is a single family. So why don't you give me the single family and some extra money? Or, or extra stuff. Or or find me a second single-family home that's worth 
a hundred thousand that you should sure. give me or 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 there's like endless possibilities oh yeah i've i've taken mobile home i've taken mo taken motorhomes uh, as is a a way to balance the trade i've taken notes i've taken boats cars and trucks um uh, all kinds of things bitcoin i've taken the cryptocurrency in an exchange um i've taken a lot of jewelry i mean my wife is like De Niro's wife in in, in uh, I forgot the name of the the gambler movie where she had the bag of jewelry in the closet that was her that was her safety net and my wife has her bag of diamond rings and they're things that I have traded for I, you know she never wears them they don't ever get worn uh, she knows if it, if she's in a pinch she can take them to the pawn shop and she can get ten cents on the dollar for them any day of the week and. That makes her happy, and that if she's happy, I'm happy because all of us married men know that the happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> so, when we come back from the break, I want to answer a couple of listener questions, and I also want to talk about one of the key things that hung me up when I first learned about exchanging. I mean, I learned about this probably 15, 20 years ago, and I thought, that's great, but what do I have? Like, I don't, I don't have any houses I want to give up. I don't have any, I don't have a bunch of money to, and, and also I don't know people who would want to do this. And I think that was the biggest thing right there is how am I ever going to talk somebody into, because that was in my head, that was what had to happen. How am I going to talk somebody into taking my four family I don't like, or, um, giving me a four family when all I have is a single family. So. I want to address those questions and some listener questions when we get back. Our number here in the studio is 877-772-9658. Or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Andy Teasley, visiting Ohio, all the way from Palm Springs, California, just to be on the radio show. That's it. He just flew in for one hour. And he's going to turn around and fly back. That's not what's happening at all. Uh, we're talking about exchanging, or if you are a member of Cincinnati Re or Cori, we have a little group there for members called Prop Swap because we just, when we call it exchanging, people are like, are we going to talk about 1031 exchanges every week? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, basically it is a skill that involves trading stuff that you may, maybe have, maybe can get for really, let's just go straight for real estate deals and parts of real estate deals. And in fact, I got an email from Anna who says, I have been attending the Cori swap meetings and I just get confused when people suddenly jump into deals and say things like, I will manage this rental for you for 10% of the deal. Why would anyone agree to give someone 10% of a deal for managing it when they can hire a property manager for a 10% commission? I just don't even understand what's happening here. Oh, good question. She needs a scolding, though. Why hasn't she piped up in the meeting and said, hey, I don't understand. Explain that to me. That's that's we, we are a, a, a great meeting where we uh, happily have interruptions. Someone who has a vested interest in a business, a partner in a, in a firm, uh, a partner in a house that's that's being rented, I believe is always going to put a better effort than an employee. I mean, 
you look at your house, and if you decide it's time to really polish your house up nice because the mother-in-law is coming, do you really think that hiring somebody to do it, do you think they're going to do as nice a job as you're going to do? If you're going to paint your house, do you think that the guy that you hire to paint your house is going to do a good, as good a job as the guy you hire out of uh, Facebook Marketplace? So having a partner is very important. Um, if I was to end up owning a house here, I would clearly have to, I, I would love to have a partner slash manager because I'm not going to try to run it from Palm Springs. I could probably do it, but I couldn't do it as efficiently as he can. And this actually brings us around to something that you and I were going to talk about anyway, which is the whole thing that's in people's heads of, I can't, I shouldn't go to an exchange meeting wherever it's, I mean, there's exchange meetings held all over the country, oh, but, yeah. but I shouldn't go because I'm a newbie and all I know how to, all I know is my 20 years worth of rehab experience because I've been a contractor for 20 years. So I don't have anything to offer. I don't have houses. I don't have notes. I don't have money. I don't have anything to offer. So I should wait 20 years until I have all this stuff that I can exchange because that's what people want. And it's just not true. No, it's a, it's absolutely not true. Um, boy, back in 9 and 10, I, I was doing a ton of uh, buying houses from banks for nothing and rehabbing them and putting them into rental service. And at the same time, my flipper friends were buying all these mid-century modern homes that had these lovely plywood kitchen cabinets. And they were ripping out the lovely plywood kitchen cabinets to put in Ikea cabinets. So if you're a rehabber and you're taking out a perfectly good kitchen to just upgrade and modernize, could you, instead of doing it with a sledgehammer like they do on all those stupid shows on television, could you carefully dismantle and take that out? Or could you talk to your person that's a buy and hold investor and say, hey, I've got this kitchen. If you do the demo and remove it, you can have all the cabinets and I won't have to pay somebody to demolish it and pay for a dump fee. And you'll get a nice set of kitchen cabinets that are real wood like they don't make them anymore. And as a landlord, that's a very valuable asset. So everybody has something to trade. If your garage is anything like mine, it's kind of tough to squeeze a car in if you even bother trying. And I bet you there is stuff in that garage that you have no use for anymore. I know my mine actually has a jetted tub that I have not installed for the last 15 years. And I might someday, but odds are not. And I probably would be much better to trade that for something I'd like better and have more use for than a tub I'm never going to use. Like kitchen cabinets? Like kitchen cabinets. Or like <laughs> somebody to come paint my house. Or or maybe you have, if you're a rehabber, could you come to prop swap when somebody's doing a deal and they've got a house that needs, say it's it's going to be put into rental service, but it needs $20,000 worth of rehab and in you have the crew, you have the knowledge, you have the experience, and maybe you have a little bit of money. Could you offer to do the rehab on the deal for a piece of the pie? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, um, I think, a, a very basic understanding that exchangers just have to absorb and absorb and absorb until it is just the truth to them, is that different people have tolerances for different things. I have a property, nice property, nice area, $250,000 property that I gave away half of so that I didn't have to rehab it. Yeah. I get, I found the deal. I, I, I put together the deal. It's a, it's a, it was a subject too, but I put 
you know, $11,000 down on it. I've got real money in it. And as soon as we got the, the contract together, I called a rehabber that I know and love and trust. And I said, would you like half this property? And she said, yeah, what? Why, how can I get half this property? And I said, you can do the four months worth of dealing with the rehabbers that I, you've got the crew, you know, you, you know how to design a kitchen. I don't. I, I will give up half of this property for the rest of my life if you will take it from here. And then and then once you're done, because she doesn't have a tolerance for property management, and I have an awesome property manager. Once that's done, we'll collect the property manager will rent it. We'll collect the rents. We'll put them away for a while until we got enough money to fix things going forward. And then we'll split half of it forever. And there's already equity, and there will be more equity because this is a great. And when I tell people that out loud, most of them go, "Are you insane?" You gave away half of a quarter million dollar property to avoid the rehab, and the answer is yes, and I will do it every time from here on out. Absolutely. I, you, you know, it's that's the thing. Would you rather have half of a deal or 0% of a deal? Uh, it, you know, you can get 100%, but uh, if you're like me, there are things that you're just not willing or able to do. Um, like I said, I don't want to try to manage a house in Ohio. I, I might take one on a trade if somebody offered it to me and the deal was right. But I'm not going to run it, so I need to bring a partner in who's going to run it for me. And as you said, could I have gone out and found a general contractor to do all of this and pay them a lot of money to do all of it? Yeah, I could have. But my partner is doing a spectacular job. I mean, she's on the job site like every other day making sure that it's done right because it's going to be half her house. Yeah, and she's probably making sure you got better quality product and you're getting better prices on your materials. Yes, because every extra dime she spends is a nickel of her money. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, so that, that if you're taking notes, folks, write down. I need to understand and then go prove to myself that there are people out there who don't like to do what I do like to do, or who don't have skills that I do have, and I need to find those people. Because before the break, I said that my biggest hang up when I first heard about this was, where am I going to find people who are even going to do this? And you found hundreds of them all over the entire oh. United States. But there's so many there's so many tools available to us to now. You know, uh, for all the damage COVID has done in our world, it's it's forced a lot of meetings onto Zoom. And it's one, you know, to me, it's wonderful. I don't like the Zoom meetings as well as I like the live meetings. But my two favorite exchange meetings are on the whole other side of the country. That's the Thursday meeting in St. Petersburg, Florida, which I usually get to three or four times a year. And now I'm able to go every week and do deals in St. Petersburg from Palm Springs on my computer. And I really like the Friday meeting here with, with Kovri. The prop swap is is a really productive meeting for me to be active in, and I'm able to do that. And those are there for you, too. We need to take one more quick break. I want to remind listeners, if you've got any last-minute questions, at this point, you should probably send me to askvina at gmail.com, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Andy Teasley, who, by the way, is also one of the presenters at the 
2021 National Real Estate Summit coming up here in Cincinnati on November 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. There's going to be a lot of talking about swapping there. In fact, there's going to be a live swapping demonstration on Thursday night and then on Sunday. Andy has the entire afternoon from 1.30 to 5 to sort of guide you through what you saw and how to reproduce it when you go back home. Because unfortunately, we can't be at the summit all the time. So... Uh, we'll tell you how to get tickets to that, uh, coming up in a week or so, but just block the time off your calendar. You're going to want to be here in Cincinnati on those dates. Uh, so I want to circle back around to Anna's question about, uh, folks who jump in like, so, so what's happening here for those who haven't attended a meeting is, um, Joe will be talking to Fred about ch- exchanging Joe's apartment building in Cincinnati for Fred's six single families in St. Louis. And then in will jump, maybe Anna, and she'll say, if you guys do this swap, since Fred's in St. Louis and I'm here in Cincinnati, and so is this multifamily going to be in Cincinnati, I would be happy to take care of the property here for 10% ownership in the property. That's that's what's happening is that Anna or whoever is offering something they have, which is time and management skill for something they want, which is a piece of a deal. And that's that's what exchanging is. is Absolutely. T- take something that you have that maybe you have plenty of or maybe you don't want it anymore or whatever and offer it to people who clearly need it, even if they didn't ask for it. And I think that's what's probably confusing Anna is that many times people will literally jump in kind of like they haven't even been part of the conversation and they will say, hey, Joe or Fred, I will manage that six family for you here in town for 10 percent of the deal. And it's like they are making an offer. <laughs> right. In, in Anna, you, you have to realize, have you ever seen any television shows or movies where they They've taken you into the stock exchange pit, and you see all the frenetic activity there and people waving and, and throwing pieces of paper and, and hollering. Um, you have to understand that we're just a politer version of that in the exchange meeting. You you have to jump in on these things. You have to make offers, uh, make offers that, that make sense to you. They may not make sense to the other party, and they may not work, but you're never going to know until you make that offer. I I actually tend to ask for things when I need them, but some people don't, and and or they don't think to. Right, they don't think to. Like like Fred might be sitting there going, "I really like the idea of having a six family, but oh, man, I'm going to have to contact property managers, and am I sure I want to do this?" And then in jumps Anna and says, "I will do it, not for a piece of the income, but for a piece of the actual deal," and that solves the problem that was in Fred's brain that he didn't bring up. Yeah, you don't have to manage a partner nearly as much as you have to manage a manager. That's a whole career in itself, just managing your property managers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's uh, go to a question from a listener, JC in Las Vegas, who asks the most interesting questions. He says, this may or may not have anything to do with an exchange, but ask him what to offer to trade somebody who needs income has a property, but still wants to continue to live in the property. So I think JC's got a seller who needs a place to live, also needs income, only has one property, and JC would like to somehow get his hands on that property. So can we assume that we're talking about someone who's north of 75 years old? 
I mean, if we start with that assumption, we have to. There's a lot of details that aren't in there, but uh, you have somebody that's north of 75 years old. They have a house that's free and clear, or at least has a lot of equity in it. But they really, really are struggling to get by on on the widow's benefit and the social security. If you are able to give them five hundred dollars a month for the rest of their life, uh, would that solve their problem? Is there a benefit for them in that? And do you have somewhere sitting that you could afford to to slowly buy this house for five hundred dollars a month, and knowing that you're going to have to wait until that person goes to heaven and then you get the house i recently had a a couple contact me that really really were in a pinch and they needed ten thousand dollars to get caught up on some bills and do some improvements to their house and i was able to buy for ten thousand dollars the right to buy their house for the balance on the mortgage that they're paying down on so when they go to heaven uh, we recorded what's called a, a transfer on death deed so when when they each expire, their their ownership of the house is going to pass to me from the deed that's been recorded. And we've also recorded an option, which says I bought the right to buy that house for $500 and take over the, the mortgage that they're paying down. So uh, to me, that was a, a good investment of $10,000, and the house is worth uh, north of $125,000, and, and they owe about sixty. So nice. plenty of equity. I, to me, it was a pretty simple deal. I'm going to have to be patient, and I'm a very patient person. So let's let's walk through some steps here to becoming a good exchanger that you have implied, but we haven't just directly outlined for people so that they can like take notes and go, okay, first I have to, and then I have to. It sounds like step number one is really sit down and take an inventory of what you have and stop thinking it's got to be money or houses or something like that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what's the second happiest day in a boat owner's life? The day they buy it. And the day they sell it. <laughs> the, the happiest day is when they buy it. The, the second happiest is when they get out from under that, that hole in the water. Uh, you know what boat stands for, bust out another thousand. Um, but boats have a, a great value in exchanging because somebody might like to have a boat. So it's a good opportunity. So there are a lot of things you have in your life. And and I would tell you the best thing, and, and Anna, this is to you and everybody else who's who's sidelining the meetings, make offers. Just make an offer that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. might not work. It the the person you make the offer to might say no. Uh, you you're going to have people say no to you if you want to be a good exchanger because you have to make offers. And putting it out there, especially in a group, when you get a get to go to an exchange meeting of some sort doesn't necessarily get you what you made the offer on, but it might get you something else. So, for instance, uh, about a year ago when we first started these meetings, um, I was somewhat interested in possibly getting an RV. And somebody happened to say they had uh, got an RV when they bought a house, right? It was like came with the house sort of thing. (laughs) And after asking some questions about the size and the year and so on, I said, okay, look, I've got a house that I'm thinking about selling repair for equity. And I was looking for $4,000 down on it. But if you wanted to give me that RV, that could be the down payment. Yeah, great trade. And and then you can just go ahead and make the payments and not worry about a down payment. And that RV became a hot property all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. The, the fact that he mentioned that he had an RV, he, we didn't end up doing that trade, 
but other people were like, oh, I've got a boat I'd give you for it, or I've got a, a little tiny note I'd give you for it, or because it was brought up as a thing. So if you will bring stuff up as a thing, I'm, I've got 20 years experience managing rehab crews. That right there is going to get you offers ranging from, I will pay you to come manage my rehab crew to, I can give you something, some piece of a property maybe for managing rehab crews for me. So number one, really make an inventory of what you have. That's not just stuff. It's time. It's skills. It's everything. It also sounds like a second thing that folks should write down as a step is set an intention to go out and find people who have stuff that they want to trade to you. Yeah. Don't just sit around and wait for somebody to say, hey, have you got anything I want to trade? Like, like set an intention, say, I'm going to go find a group like this where I am, or I'm going to get online with one of these other groups or whatever. You got to find folks who are like-minded. You know, you might find somebody that's looking for a boat in one of these meetings. And you could say, oh, I know John wants a boat and I really want that house. If you were to go out and start looking for boats in your neighborhood, might you find one that you could buy with a note? You know, get a, no- a boat for a note and then take the boat and turn it into a rental house that would pay the note for you. Um, there's just a million structures, and you really just have to get creative and, and give it a shot. And honestly, the best way to to really learn this, I mean, there's some books out there that if you go to Amazon and Google well, exchanging, there's some <laughs> there's some. Yeah, they're used and they cost a lot of money because they're not in print anymore, but they're, but they're out there. But in my experience, the best way to learn how to do it is hang around people who are doing it. Absolutely. Come to the meetings every week. Come to, you know, start a group around you. Talk to the local plumber and say, Hey, Mr. Plumber, I've got all these rental houses and I, I you know, I spend a fortune on Roto Rooter. Can we work something out and I'll give you a piece of something to do it? Make offers, make offers, make offers, make offers. And with 60 seconds left, we have, (laughs) I know, we have a question that came in from Bill and he says, it sounds like there is some other education here that would be needed other than just how to swap. How as a new investor do I even know how to do things like the deal that Andy just described with the option to buy? So how how much do you think you actually have to know about creative financing in order to do these things? I I think the most important thing lesson you have to learn is to learn to ask for help. There are a lot of people that are very willing to give help. Cori is a great group for that. There are a ton of, of subgroups. There's really, really excellent opportunities for you to come in and ask questions of people. Uh, there are people who are happy to mentor you, to take your telephone calls. Uh, in my neighborhood, I've got lots of people that buy me lunch for spending anywhere from two to five hours talking about interesting stuff with real estate. Excellent. We are unfortunately out of time, but of course you can come and like really learn in an organized way where it's not being asking all the questions from Andy at the 2021 national real estate summit, November 4th through 7th here in Cincinnati. Also be sure to go to Cincinnati Rhea.com and uh, register for tomorrow night's millionaire panel so that you can see what the millionaires have to say about how they do it all over again. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.